Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today our goal is in 10 minutes to have our listeners become aware of an educational travesty that's likely not even on your radar. To provide greater exposure and clarity to tell the story, we're here at Harvard with actor and activist Rain Wilson. Welcome to the EdCast. Hey, thanks for having me. What did you say? Thought? Ed? Thought? Exploders? What did you? Thought leaders. Thought leader. I'm not a thought leader. I just want to say for the record, I'm just an actor. So if you're listening for thought leaders, tune in somewhere else. To be determined in 10 minutes. Okay. Rain, you're here at Harvard promoting the new documentary, Education Under Fire. And I suppose at the heart of the film is truly Article 26 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which guarantees education as an inalienable right of every human being. Rain, tell us the story. What is happening in Iran? Well, um, I am a member of the Baha'i Faith. Baha'i Faith originated in Iran in the mid-1800s. And uh, the Baha'is are the largest religious minority in Iran. There's 300,000 Baha'is there. And since its inception, um, they have, the Baha'is have been greatly persecuted in many different ways, from just slaughter to holy sites being desecrated, to y you name it. Uh, the Baha'is have, uh, have been hurt and persecuted by the, uh, by the theocracy there. And um, uh, there's a, a recent development in the way that they've been persecuted that has kind of been happening over the last 20 years or so. After the, uh, after the revolution, the Islamic revolution, um, they started just kind of killing and disappearing Baha'is again. And, but there was a great international outcry. So they stopped that and they changed their tactics. And the, the regime in Iran now tries to just hold down and hold back and, um, and, and hurt the Baha'i the community in other ways. Um, one of these ways that uh, is happening right now is that Baha'is are not allowed to get a higher education. When you go to any university in Iran, you're asked to fill out a checklist, and on that is uh, religion, and it has Muslim, Christian, Jewish, or Zoroastrian on the checklist. Um, for Baha'is, it is uh, it has no integrity or honesty to check some other religion than what you are. It is. The faith is very near and dear to the hearts of uh, Baha'is, and being a Baha'i is a very important part of, uh, of their identity. So Baha'is don't check anything. They're not allowed to go to school. Um, they're encouraged to just check Muslim and pretend to be Muslims while they're going and getting their university degree, but Baha'is are really loath and wary to do that. So what's happened is that what, what Baha'is did is they began these uh, underground universities it's called the BIHE, the Baha'i Institute for Higher Education. And it's a clandestine series of universities that are not really allowed. They're, they're illegal now. They weren't really illegal, per se, for a long time. But they would happen in people's basements and in their living rooms and in rented halls. There was no actual physical school. Uh, and every once in a while, the government would come in and smash up the computers and steal their textbooks and burn them and throw some professors in prison and stuff like that. And now the government has come down really, really hard, uh, just recently, just this a few months ago, actually. And um, there have been several more professors uh, locked up in prison and, and students as well. And, uh, and the, the regime has, has, has forbidden uh, Baha'is to get any education. Tell us about the origins of making a film about this and also how you kind of got involved in it. Well, I really had nothing to do with the making of the film. It's a, it's a terrific half-hour documentary called Education Under Fire. And that's also part of 
there's a, there's a greater campaign that the documentary is linked to, and that's the Education Under Fire campaign, and you can go to educationunderfire.com and check it out. Um, and the documentary we use as a tool to uh, expose people to uh, the ideas around this and tell some of the personal stories of people that are just, they're just trying to learn poetry. They're just trying to learn chemistry and to just be of service in their society and, and not allowed to. And it's a very valuable way to use an art form to get ideas across to people. So we're, we're going to a lot of college campuses. Um, we've already been to NYU and Columbia and MIT and we're going to Harvard later today and, and BU and um, USC and UCLA and some other, some other uh, places, Wheelock College. And um, screening the film and having panel discussions and trying to engage students uh, in the ideas that underlie, you know, this this terrible atrocity that's happening. What are some of the reactions from the students? Are, are they aware that this is occurring? And then when they do find out, well, what are they saying? Well, it's very interesting to talk to you know twenty-year-olds about this issue because I don't think they quite realize how good they have it in the United States. Obviously, we don't we don't recognize that a lot of the time, but. The fact that you can go, whether you want to go to a community college and spend $1,100 for your education or whether you want to go to Harvard and spend $18 million for your education or however much it costs these days, uh, it's, it, it's all available to you depending on your need and your grades and what you want and, and whatnot. And, you know, I think about my son. He's Walter. He's seven years old. And, you know, I mean, can you imagine? I always use the analogy, you know, could you imagine if the United States of America hate, hated Buddhists and, uh, and you were a Buddhist and your family has been Buddhist for generations and you wanted to go to college and you couldn't go to college, you couldn't go to a community college or a two-year college or a four-year college or a graduate school because you were a Buddhist and that was sanctioned by the government and because they wanted to keep you and your people of the same beliefs just kind of imprisoned, just keep them down and keep them from excelling and becoming doctors and engineers and stuff like that. They were, you know, um, and kind of force them out of the country too. I mean, it, when, when you put it on that level for, for young American students that I think that's pretty mind expansive and it, and it, it really m touches their hearts, especially in combination with seeing the film and, and, and opens their minds. Is that what's happening in Iran? Are, are the Baha'i leaving to get higher education outside the country? They are, but they're loath to do so because, you know, they're Iranians, you know, and they've been there their whole lives, and they don't, they don't want to leave. They love their country. Um, Baha'is are, you know, the, you know, one of the main teachings of the Baha'i faith is loyalty to your government. And I, I know that sounds strange. It's but ironic. It's a, it's a spiritual teaching that Baha'is go about through change in other ways. We don't, like, take on the government in order to achieve the kind of societal transformation that Baha'is are, are going for. So, you know, the Iranian Baha'is, they, they love their country, they want to contribute, they want to stay there and, and make it better and, and work. And by the way, this isn't an indictment of all Muslims because there's so many Muslims that are in favor of Baha'is getting education and defend Baha'is and when Baha'is are being persecuted or arrested, you know, s jump in front of the police to defend their Baha'i brothers and sisters and, and know that, you know, it isn't this you know, Baha'is are not all, you know, for the downfall of the government and all, they're not all secret spies for Israel. Right, I'm curious, how do you see change occurring? Is it going to be through change within Iran? Is it going to be through international pressure? Um, what does this road look like? 
And uh, how have you seen change already? This is this is where I'm going to be shown to not be a thought leader because I, I, honestly, I have no idea. I can guess. I'm not. A, I'm not a specialist in this kind of thing. I mean, we've seen the Arab Spring revolutions happen and the Green Revolution in Iran. I think was very valuable. Um, it didn't really change anything in Iran. Uh, I imagine. I mean, there's been all kinds of external pressures on Iran for 20 or 30 years. It hasn't really affected anything. If anything, it's gotten worse. So, I imagine it does need to come from within. But that being said, um, you know, governments and international organizations putting pressure on the government of Iran has um, has sometimes been effective. So I think that they need to keep that up. And um, another uh, call to action is for. People who may be listening that you know work at universities. Uh, one of the things that the Baha'is are seeking is um, credits for the BIHE coursework. So if someone does, um, they they get their degree in chemistry from the BIHE to have those chemis those those credits recognized, uh, accredited by uh, international uh, universities, so that they can bring their their checklist, or I, I don't even know how that how that works. You know, whatever the BIHE transcript is, and and so to be able to move forward with actual degrees, um, the BIHE is moving more and more online, um, less and less from kind of secret basements and gatherings in people's kitchens and stuff like that. So, um, if if your college or university is able to um, support. Online education for uh, Baha'is in Iran. Somehow, um, a lot of that information can be found on the website too, educationunderfire.com. Great. Uh, last couple questions. It, it's a bit of a team that's kind of getting the exposure out here. It's you. You're lending your celebrity to the cause. There's some Nobel laureates. Talk about who's going out there and sharing this message. Well, you mentioned the Nobel laureates, um, and we've had an, a number of really uh, positive things. We had a, a big letter that was signed by, I forget how many uh, educators couple hundred uh, prominent educators, you know, condemning Iran's action and supporting the BIHE, and, and two, um, two Nobel laureates as well, um, uh, Des Archbishop Desmond Tutu and, uh, and Horta, who uh, used to be from uh, the Prime Minister of East Timor, and they wrote a letter, uh, and, a, and, a, and they have a very specific call to action there, and they've been very supportive of these efforts and these endeavors. and. Um, uh, you know, and there's the group that made the film and um, some Baha'is and some other international organizations. Amnesty International has been fantastic. They've really embraced this as one of their causes. They do such amazing work uh, in spotlighting all of these human rights abuses around the globe and all different kinds of human rights abuses. So it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a big, it's a big coalition and anyone just visit the website and is welcome to, to help out. Is that where they can also see the film? If they want to see Education Under Fire, the 30-minute documentary, where can they go? Well, that is not, we're not po posting that on the web. Uh, what we would like to do is use the film as a, as a calling card to begin a conversation around these issues. So uh, screenings can be set up at your high school or your college or university uh, of the film, and some people can come, and you can have a panel, and and discuss it, and maybe some, you know, local Baha'is, or we've we've been fortunate to have a lot of Baha'is that are graduates of the BIHE uh, uh, come and, and speak on on panels. So that's the way that we'd like to get the message out, rather than just putting it on YouTube. Right. I think whether you like it or not, you may have just become a thought leader. Oh no! Oh no! Dear God! 
Rain Wilson will keep sharing the story best we can until everyone gets the right to education across the world. Thank you so much for appearing on the EdCast. Thanks for having me. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. Me like EdCast. Me like it. (laughs) The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.